welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 27, Getting Control of Your Life or Getting Unstuck. It's January 25th, 2021. I'm your host, Lisa Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moskovich. Getting control of your life or getting unstuck. While we are still in the throes of a pandemic and many people are feeling stuck or they're feeling like their life is not going their way or they've lost control of their life. So right now, there's quite a bit of uncertainty and fear for many people. And that includes anxiety and depression and a whole host of things. And when people feel that things are uncertain where they have fears and anxieties, that leaves people many times not knowing what to do or getting in a rut or getting stuck. I happen to have, fortunately or unfortunately, decades of experience of having a high degree of uncertainty or things that are out of my control. So I do have a good amount of optimism that there are actually steps you can take and things you can do that will help you get you know control back into your life and if you're stuck will help you get unstuck. So that's what this podcast is about. Now I do have a separate podcast about dealing with uncertain times. That podcast will support this podcast. However, that's a very different podcast. So what I'm going to be covering today is I'm going to just give you a a definition about being stuck. I'm going to talk about the reasons why people get stuck in life or lose control completely unrelated to a pandemic. I'm going to discuss briefly the controllables that you have in your life. I'm going to talk about resolve and drawing a line in in the sand, components to getting unstuck, as well as aspects of living a powerful life. And then I'll give you a couple takeaways and a call to action. So I always start my podcast with the shameless plug to visit my website where you can register to win cool free stuff, because why not? And that does include uh, copies of my new book. As my disclaimer, this is very important that you understand that I am not a medical health professional or therapist in any way. I don't pretend to be. I have no desire to be, quite frankly. And you want to get any medical advice or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider or a licensed therapist. So we're clear, I'm not that. Now, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you're either suicidal or you've been having thoughts about harming yourself, I am making a personal plea to you, from me to you, to please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. 
800-800-8255. I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to ditch any shame or embarrassment and just get in communication with people because we do have people who will help you. Put it on social media. I don't care what you have to do. People will help you. So get the help that's available. So let's talk about the definition of being stuck. The definition of being stuck is being trapped in something or unable to move or set in a particular position, place, or way of thinking, or to be in a difficult situation or unable to change or get away from a situation. So that pretty much covers what a lot of people are feeling right now and quite frankly have been feeling since March of 2020 or sometime thereafter. And there's a lot of negative feelings associated when you either lose control of aspects of your life or you happen to be in a position where you're stuck. And some of the feelings include, you know, that are associated with loss of control or being stuck include being frustrated, angry, resentful, sad, betrayed, feeling lonely, isolated, depressed, anxious, helpless, fearful, and despair and shock. There's a whole lot of emotions and none of them are very pleasant. So hopefully as we move through this podcast, we're going to I'm going to give you the things to do to step away from and deal with your life in a way where you can start to put those negative feelings to bed. So we have a pandemic that's been dragging on and on, but long before we had a pandemic, there were lots of reasons why people either felt like they had lost control of their life or they were ended up being stuck. And I think it's important while we're in a pandemic to recognize the commonality of either being stuck or losing control of your life because it's very common. Of course, it's more common because of the pandemic. So here's a number of reasons. Now, this isn't all the reasons, but a number of reasons why people get stuck or they lose control. They've suffered a loss or a trauma. They had a bad childhood. They suffered abuse of some form. They were exploited or betrayed. They experienced either a divorce or a relationship breakup. They lost a baby or a child. They are a caregiver of any kind. They feel trapped by their circumstances regardless of what the circumstances are. They never learned the habits and practices for living a highly functional life. They lack emotional skills and abilities. They live in fear, anxiety, and depression normally, like that's their normal way of living life. They either had an accident or experienced a significant health problem. They live life as a pessimist or have some other negative beliefs or attitudes. They blame other people or other things or organizations for their plight or status in life. They have anger, resentment, or rage issues. They live in either a false reality or they are in denial. They don't understand themselves and what makes them tick. They have experienced broken promises or shattered dreams. Life did not go the way they had planned. 
and they lack motivation, support, or the knowledge on how to get unstuck. So that's 20 reasons why prior to a pandemic, this was a common occurrence. I mean, all through humanity, people have either felt like they lost control of their life or they got stuck, and it's very common. But here's the thing. And I'm going to repeat something from a prior podcast, which is kind of one of my rules that I don't usually do, but I think it's really important in this particular podcast that I do repeat one small thing from a previous podcast, which is controllables. Because when you're in a position where you're either feeling stuck or you feel like you've lost control, and quite frankly, let's face it, there are many things about what's going on in the world and our society and, and whatever country you live in that are outside of your control. But it's important for me, from, from my viewpoint, that you understand that you actually have control of a lot of things in your life. So here's what you do have control of. You have control of what you think and your thoughts, what you do, meaning your actions. You have control of what you read, what you watch, what you listen to, You have control on how you spend your time. You have control on whether you do self-care and self-compassion and how much time you spend doing that. You have control on who you talk to, what goals you set and act upon, your environment. Now, that's only controllable to a certain degree for many. Your emotions, your boundaries, your diet, your sleep, your exercise, your nutrition, your attitudes, your beliefs, your self-discipline, your gratitude, and your willingness to grow and develop, meaning your willingness to change. So that's actually a lot of things that you have control over right now. Now, depending on your circumstances, I'm very intimately aware that you may not have control over some of the things on the list. And depending on your self-discipline, you know, you might have a little more or less control of some of these items than other people. But generally speaking, these are the areas and that are we call, I call controllables because you can control them. That's quite a lot of things. So to get away from being stuck or feeling like you've lost control, one of the first and most important things that you have to do, which I'm going to talk about right now, is you have to resolve yourself. You have to draw a line in the sand that you are done being out of control. You are done feeling a loss of control. You are done feeling stuck and like there's nowhere to go and there's no hope and there's no optimism. I'm talking about resolve. Now, the definition of resolve, just so you know, is a firm determination to do something. So when I say you resolve yourself, you have a firm determination to do something, and that is to have your life go a certain way, and a better way, a happier way. Now, drawing a line in the sand, to to define that technically, is to set a limit beyond which someone cannot go without suffering serious consequences. And when in life, when people draw a line in the sand, it's representative that like this is a defining moment. You could have this podcast and this pandemic and this day be a defining moment where you draw a line in the sand and you say, no, no, I'm not having that. I'm going to have the good stuff. 
I'm going to have a happy, healthy life where I'm well-loved and I have the good stuff. So I'm asking you, you want to get unstuck and you want to start taking control back and bringing control into your life that you decide that you're all in. And I mean like you are all in, not like half in, not like dip your toe in the water in, like you're in, you're in it to win it. And that means you deciding that the buck stops here. The buck stops with you. And and some of the ways that I talk about this is, you know, is being unstoppable. Like, like you make up your mind, like, I'm having that no matter what it takes. And like, so for example, as I know you just love some of the examples I've given from my own life, like I decided that I am having a man in my life. Yes, I'm having that in my life this year, no matter what it takes. And I have several actions that I have to take to to bring that into my life. And I'm aware of that. And I'm like, I'm on it because I am having that no matter what it takes. I'm not like the buck stops here. So it's a feeling coupled with an attitude and a belief. Like, I'm sure I'm having a great man in my life. That's that's for sure. It's just not sure who and when and how and all the steps I'll have to take to get there. But this is something that people have done from the beginning of humanity. All throughout the ages, even without a pandemic, people have taken on different aspects of their lives, even with extraordinary challenges and hurdles and they've gotten resolved and they have drawn a line in the sand and saying yes this is the day I'm starting I'm gonna have that so if you want to have control bring control back into your life and get unstuck this is one of the components that you're going to need is to bring some resolve draw a line in the sand be unstoppable, decide that you're having that or whatever it is for you in your life and like be committed. And then I would, I would add, get excited because you, you want to be able to use your emotions and your feelings. So I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I'm going to have that and be like really dull and, and, you know, emotionless. You want to have emotion. You want to bring your excitement and, and you want to bring all of your positive emotions to your resolve and drawing the line in the sand. Now, the next part I'm going to cover is what I call components of getting unstuck or bringing control or more control back into your life. This is a general list of components. So number one is commitment to getting unstuck. So that means that you recognize and you acknowledge, you name it and claim it and own it, that you're either stuck or you've lost control or fill in the blank with how you feel, but that you're going to, you're recognizing in the moment, yeah, you know what, my life's not going the way I would like it to go, or my life hasn't been going the way I would like it to go for X amount of time now. So I'm going to just call it, I'm stuck, or I need a boost, or I need to change, or however you language it. You know, give it, give it language, because we live in a world given by language. And then commit, commit yourself, bring that resolve, draw a line in the sand. Now, the second component is openness to ask for help, get help, get coaching, or find support. Because oftentimes when people are stuck, you know, they need momentum. 
they, you know, they, it calls for an action. And I'm going to be giving you lots of actions to take because I'm a big fan of action. Um, but number, number two, the second component is openness. Like you have to be open as to be support, be open to be supported and open to, you know, get some coaching or, you know, find support. Now I'm telling you, people will help you. Now maybe not the first person you ask, maybe not the second person you ask. You might have to ask a couple people and you might have to, you know, stick to it till you find the help. But eventually, if you're committed, you will find the help and support. The third component is to do the work. Nothing in life is just going to fall upon you because you're a good person. You know, people are successful and people become healthy and people have happiness and all kinds of things because they take action. They take responsibility and they take action. So the third component is to do the work and to take the coaching. Like Be coachable. You know, it takes a little effort. And it, and it does take a little work, but I'm telling you, you can make any work fun. I'm a big fan of fun, so be coachable, get the help, get the support. And being a know-it-all, by the way, is not going to help you. That might be one of the reasons why you kind of got stuck there, either that or, or foolish pride or ego. But ditch the ego, foolish pride, and, and get in action and be coachable. Number four is to do a reality check. Unfortunately, we have a reasonably high percentage of people who are not self-aware and or are minimizers or they're emotional reasoners or there's all kinds of irrational thinking and cognitive distortion patterns in the mental health area which means that people are not living a true reality they're living this fantasy this you know I don't know what else to call it but they're not living a true reality so what's really helpful when you want to forward your life and you want to bring control back into your life or you want to get unstuck, is to take a moment and assess, are you living a true reality? And that might mean you have to talk to some people. It might mean a couple different things, but it's really helpful to live in reality and not a false reality of your own design. Number five is to make a list of things that make you happy and bring you joy. Why? Because all of the feelings when you lose control or you lost some control or you're stuck are negative. So part of like forwarding your life is to start bringing positive, powerful, good emotions and good feelings into your life. So you want to start feeling better. And one of the ways to do it is to make a list of things that make you happy or bring you joy and then start sprinkling your day, your week, and your month, and your life with that. Now, I do this all the time. And I just have to say, from all the people I've ever coached, I don't think I've ever coached anyone who, when I said, well, what what makes you happy? I don't think anybody's ever said, oh, well, these are the 10 things that make me happy. No, I don't think, I'm sure nobody has ever said that. In fact... I'm sure nobody's ever said that. So it's not one of these things. We don't live in a world that's like overflowing with happiness. We live in a world that's prior to the pandemic was fraught with depression, anxiety, all kinds of negative emotions, sadness, loneliness, isolation prior to a pandemic. So to have a life that you love and that, that is just like pinch me, Really, you want to sprinkle your life with the things that make you happy. Now, I will say, 
when I've coached people and they don't know what makes them happy and they go to make a list, guess what shows up? All the things that they don't like and all the things that make them happy. That's okay. Make that Write that down too, but don't do that stuff. Those are the things you want to avoid. So as you're going about this process, you want to start doing things intentionally that make you happy. Now, number six, the sixth component, and some of you aren't going to like this, and that's okay, I don't care. Um, you're going to make a list of your problems and issues and triage them. So this can be very overwhelming for people who are stuck or feel like they've lost control or they're really depressed or filled with fear or anxiety, which of course is why I recommend you have a little support system that I already talked about. And certainly people who have a personality where they're minimizers or tend to be deniers of, of problems and issues, that's this is going to be confronting for you. And quite frankly, that's what gets some people into trouble, to be frank, is that they're minimizers or they kind of slide into denial so they don't deal with their problems and the problems get worse. If you have a problem and you don't deal with it, it's not going to get better magically on its own. That's not how light, real life works. So you're going to make a list of your problems and issues and you're going to write them down. Now you may need a friend to help you with this or a family member or you know, a confidant, but making a list is the beginning of this process. And then you're going to rank order the issues and problems in order of importance or in order of how critical they are in terms of needing an action. So you're making a list and you're going to prioritize what needs to be handled first, second, or third. The seventh component or step is that you begin to deal with your problems. And I know there I've been working with people for a very long time. I know there are people who really just don't like to deal with their problems, but get what, guess what most people find out, at least the people I work with, the problems that they have when they actually sit down and start taking actions to deal with them really aren't that bad. I mean, anyway, so you're going to start taking actions. Now, if you're the type of person who's already stuck, already feeling overwhelmed, already depressed and anxious, the attitude that's going to be helpful to you is not one day at a time, but one moment at a time. One problem or one aspect of a problem at a time. Don't take the whole enchilada. You're just going to take a little piece, one moment at a time, not even one day at a time. And this is a process and you just can't quit because you have to deal with your problems. Number eight, as you're making this list, of your issues and your problems, the things that are keeping you stuck, the things that are not forwarding your life or keeping you feeling trapped. You want to ask yourself, what are the things that you need to grow and develop? Like you're going through this process of making a list of your problems or issues or things that need to be addressed. Well, what would be helpful to those areas? You know, what would help you move forward? I mean, time management skills, emotion skills with your emotions. Like this would take an honest, be you taking an honest look at yourself and becoming more self-aware. What would really be helpful? Or what would be powerful? Or what would have helped you avoid these issues and problems in the first place? So it's really powerful while you're making a list of your problems and issues and triaging them and prioritizing them and then getting to work on them is to simply be awake and aware and notice, hmm, 
yeah, you know what? I'm really bad at paper filing. Okay, by the way, I am bad at paper filing. I can do it very well. I just don't like doing it. I let it pile up. Not that bad, though. I mean, it's not so bad I couldn't put a picture up on Facebook. So, But, like, do you need support? Like, there's lots of people who like to do things you don't like to do that could help you. So look and consider with some introspection and some thoughtfulness, you know, what areas would be helpful for you to grow and develop. Number nine, weekly support and accountability. And I say this because I know that people can change in gigantic ways. But what people need when they're starting to make changes to their life is they need support and accountability. So according to the research, of course, I love research, and it's helpful. It's helpful to know what's proven. I mean, you want proven techniques? These are proven research-based techniques that have been around for decades. So if you bring, if you tell someone about what you're doing, you know, I'm addressing my problems, I'm getting unstuck, I'm getting control back in my life, or I'm doing X, Y, or Z, you know, like everybody knows I'm bringing a man into my life. That's not a secret. Well, of course, not a secret because I'm probably going to need some help from some people. Some of my friends are going to have to help me with that. But if you bring a friend and tell your friend your goals, you know, what you're committed to, what you're up to, your chance of success goes up by 65%. But if you want to be in the 95% successful category, then you want to pair up with somebody, get a partner in crime or a buddy or somebody to take along the ride with you, you know, get them to set their own goals or just help you if their life is great. Because then you have a 95% chance of success. So change isn't easy and regardless of how you do it, you want to have support that's ongoing at whatever frequency is good for you. I mean, if you need a daily phone call or you need, you know, what I don't know what you need, but you know, decide what's going to be supportive and keep you from going down the rabbit hole while you're making changes and then set it up. Number 10, oh, this, <laughs> I am a huge fan of this. This is like, I love this. So number 10 is celebrate every single accomplishment. Yes, yes, celebrate everything. Why not? I mean, life is hard. And if you didn't know life was hard before the pandemic, then I say good for you. Like that makes me happy. But long before we had a pandemic, we had, you know, a high percentage of the population that was very well aware that life is hard. So why would you not want to celebrate every little accomplishment? I don't know. I'm just a fan of it because I like having fun. (laughs) I like being happy and I like having fun. All right. Next up, get a personal reward system. I am a huge fan of that. This is, by the way, separate and independent from having a support, having a buddy, having somebody who's going to work on their life while you work on yours or simply support you in working on your life, however that goes. I am a big fan of personal reward systems because they're fun and they're effective. And I've worked with enough people who've implemented them. The trick is getting the right reward that's really going to motivate you. I mean, like, if you set up a reward system and you don't use it, obviously it's not going to be effective. But set up a reward system. I have a whole podcast about uh, being motivated when when life is hard and times are hard. So that could be helpful to you as well. But you definitely want to make it fun. Why not? Like, you've got to make everything as fun as you can. Next is self-care. 
I am a diehard fan of self-care. I do it every day in some form or another. I enjoy it. I make it fun. And, you know, you've got to take care of yourself. You're making changes to your life. You're getting unstuck or you're bringing control back into your life. Self-care is, it's just not optional. Like, you're never going to have a great life if you don't take care of yourself. I have a whole podcast about self-care and self-compassion, so you can go there for support, because, like, it's, like, primo. And, by the way, there's all kinds of, like, cool benefits to self-care and self-compassion. Like, you're going to look younger than you are. Not that I ever started out to do that, by the way, but apparently I do. All right, so the next thing is, which I just mentioned, is self-compassion. What I mean by that is take the bat out of your hand. Stop beating yourself up. We are pretty much good, really good, really great at beating ourselves up internally. And it's simply not necessary. It's like a common behavior in society. And and in the podcast on self-care and self-compassion, I do tell a little story about how I started working on that. Oh, back in like 05 or 06 with my children and how helpful they were. So you want to be kind to yourself while you're getting unstuck or while you're bringing control back into your life or while you're making changes because, you know, like, why not? You know, it's called, by the way, taming your inner critic. Next is knowing that you can do it. I know you can do it. But sometimes when people feel like they're they're stuck or they've lost control of their lives or something else, you know, they don't feel like they can do it. So sometimes what you need is you need someone who can stand for you, be a cheerleader for you, and cheer you on to success. So I'm clear you can do it because I've worked with people who had pretty extremely, well, extremely bad circumstances, extremely bad, you know, big issues. And I know that anybody who commits themselves, remember I said resolve, draw a line in the sand, anybody who brings that kind of commitment and resolve to any area of your life, then you're, you're going to get it done. You're going to do it. But you might need someone to remind you that you can do it. The next thing I have down is to learn to identify, manage, and process your emotions. Why? Because emotions are a huge part of life. I mean, what do you have left if you take emotions out of your life? You have you going through the grind of life with, you know, with no emotions. No, emotions are, well, they are, in my opinion, a superpower. It's just most people don't know how to use their emotions as a superpower, which, by the way, sends them down the rabbit hole and, by the way, can leave people feeling stuck can leave people like they've lost control of their life because sometimes what causes this whole topic that we're talking about, like you've lost control of your life or you lost control or you feel stuck, is because you're lacking emotional abilities and you actually slid into emotional overload or emotional shutdown. So emotions are amazing, by the way. Of course, I like the happy emotions. <laughs> I like the happy emotions because who doesn't like happy? I like the fun. I like the play. I like all that good stuff. But it also means being able to deal with being angry or feeling, you know, feeling rejected or 
feeling sad or lonely. Like you have to have the full complement of emotions to have emotions as a superpower. So I have two podcasts on emotions as a superpower. One is emotions as a superpower. The second one is harnessing your emotions. But quite frankly, most all of my podcasts will help you with emotions because I have one on anger. I think I have one on sadness. I have just, you know, this is the 27th podcast. I have 26 other podcasts and emotions are a big part of life. So you want to start to grow your emotions and you will never regret this. By the way, this is called emotional intelligence. And this last component I have for um, aspects of getting unstuck or getting control back into your life is that there's no room for negative thinking, pessimism, or disempowering attitudes or beliefs. There is just absolutely no room. So what we know from the research is that negative thinking is extremely bad for your health. It's bad for your mental and psychological health, and it's also bad for your physical health. What we also know is that if you're if you're employing negative thinking, pessimism, or disempowering attitudes or beliefs, what you're actually utilizing in life is what's called the self-defeating prophecy. And that is no good. That's basically you're shooting yourself in the foot unnecessarily. You don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. You want to be using the self-fulfilling prophecy and be using positive thoughts positive outcomes and you know good stuff for you so now I want to turn to what I kind of distilled down to the keys to a powerful happy contented life so I just kind of gave you a walkthrough of you know where you where you'd start 1 through 16 but now I want just to step away and to say for people who aren't stuck, for people who have control of their life, for people who are happy and they're healthy and they're well, and no matter what happens, they seem to just just chug along like nothing happened. What what are those aspects? Because they're not the same as what I just went over. Now, some of them, there are some overlap and some of them are the same, but they're not all the same. So number one, people who typically live a powerful, happy, healthy, contented life Number one, they know themselves and they appreciate themselves. Now, there's many people who are self-loathing or they have low self-esteem. That's not what I'm talking about. People who know themselves and appreciate themselves have self-awareness and they have reasonably high emotional abilities. And all my podcasts will help you. But this isn't really optional. Because you have to like understand that if you have low self-esteem or you're self-loathing, that is not an attractive quality and it's not good for you. It's not good for your health. It's not good for you. There's nothing good about it for you in any aspect of your life and it actually impacts your life probably in a bigger way than you know. So number one, you want to know yourself and you want to appreciate yourself. Number two, oh, this is one of my favorites, is to have more love in your life. Like, you want to put a focus on love. Like, I just have this, I have this amazing infatuation and, and um, I don't know, 
something about love. I just love the word love, and I love doing things that I love, and I love people, and I love, there's so many things that I love, and like love is just like the most amazing emotion. So how much love do you have in your life, and how much of your life do you love? Like bring more love into your life because it's such a powerful, amazing feeling. You know, that includes love your friends. That includes love your family. Well, given the level and predominance of dysfunctional families, maybe you can't do that right now, or maybe it's not appropriate to do that. But there's lots of things about your your life that you could love, and if not, well, then it's time. It's massively time for big changes in your life because I set my life up around things that I love and people that I love and just like bring more love into your life and that means being intentional it means being awake and aware to what you actually love and it might mean healing so that you can love it could mean a lot of things but people who have happy healthy contented lives and are well loved put lots of love into their life Number three, have guiding principles or a moral code to live by. So the happiest and healthiest people on the planet, you know, either have a religion that they subscribe to or some spiritual beliefs or a moral code. Now, according to M. Scott Peck, who was a medical doctor during his lifetime, he's the author of A Road Less Traveled, a very popular book and then series of books. He's also the author of People of the Lie, which if you have a if you've dealt with a lot of liars, that might be a good book. I don't have my copy anymore, but it was a very good book. Um, what he wrote is it's written that and understood that people who either subscribe to a religion or believe in a higher universal power that dictates morality and behavior are psychologically healthier on average than those who do not. Now, I have read that in research in more than one location. I just happen to remember that as a source to cite. So have guiding principles or a moral code to live by, whatever that's sourced by. Number four, run your life with high integrity. Let me tell you, what do I mean by that? I mean, keep your promises. If you made a promise to someone and you didn't keep it, go clean it up. Go apologize and say, you know, back in whenever, whenever, I told you I would do X, Y, or Z. I didn't do it. I'm sorry, and I'm never going to do it. Or I'm sorry, and let's do it now. Or what have you. I mean, just because you made a promise and you didn't keep it doesn't mean you have to keep the promise. You can say... I'm apparently never going to keep that promise or I'm not interested in keeping that promise, but I did want to apologize. Like, do what you say you're going to do because you want to be known by that. Now, psychologically, this is extremely freeing. It is extremely freeing because you're not spending any time ruminating or thinking about or having any thoughts about the things that you said you'd do that you didn't do. It's extremely good for your mental health, your psychological health, and by the way, it helps reduce depression, anxiety, and the other negative emotions. So you want to be known as someone who has high integrity. By the way, it will help you make friends because people want friends who are trustworthy and honest and reliable. I mean, people want that in a mate or a spouse or a boyfriend, girlfriend. I mean, who wants to be around 
cheaters, liars, backstabbers. No, nobody does. But for your, you know, peace of mind and your health and wellness and happiness, run your life with high integrity. I'm telling you, it's magical. Number five, be intentional and design your life. Many people who end up feeling stuck or they get frustrated or they've lost some control in their life, find that the minute they start being more intentional and creating their life, they have an immediate sense of power that returns because they're setting goals or they've made a bucket list or they, you know, they drew up a plan or they created a vision. I mean, it doesn't matter which way you go about it. What matters is that you've made a decision, even if it's a small one, like I'm going to lose 10 pounds or even if it's a small one, like I'm going to clean out the closet. People make a decision or set a goal, then they start taking actions, they feel better. But if you really want to feel really powerful, happy, healthy, and all the good stuff, you're going to live your life by your own design or by being very intentional. And let me tell you, the research is clear that this is going to help you in many, many ways, which I'm not going to get into because that would just make this podcast go on and on and on forever. But it will give you a beautiful life. And why not? You want to live somebody else's life? You want somebody else to be controlling it? No. You want to be intentional with your life and you want to be creating it. So set some goals, make a life plan, bucket list. I don't care how what it looks like for you, but be up to something. Number six, increase your emotional intelligence. Well, if you haven't figured it out, I'm a super fan of emotions as a superpower because it's powerful. It's just so freeing. Like even if you get like rejected by some guy or you don't get this job you want or, you know, something else doesn't go your way, it's really powerful to be able to process your emotions and not get taken out of the game of life, not to spend your time you know, sitting around crying or feeling sorry for yourself. So this is a skill set that we don't teach people. Like you're born as a human, you have emotions, but where in the world did you learn how to pinpoint the vocabulary words and manage it and process it? Where do you learn that? Well, they don't even require it in medical school. They don't even, it's not even mandatory for psychologists who are getting a doctorate in psychology. And it's not mandatory for social workers. So it's not mandatory for them. Where do you think people are getting it? They're not, they mostly are not getting it. Now you could get it from all my podcasts and other material, but I'm telling you, you want to have a happy, rich, healthy, empowered life. You have to be able to manage your emotions like a superpower. It's just not optional. Number seven, practicing daily self-care and self-compassion. I already talked about that earlier in the components. But listen, you can make this really fun. It can be really great. It doesn't have to be a grind. Like, don't have your life be a grind. Don't have your life be boring. I mean, if you want to have your life be boring, go ahead. You want to have your life be no fun, go ahead. It's your life. You get to do whatever you want. I'm just a fan of fun. I'm a fan of, like, all the good stuff because life is too hard. So practice your self-care and your self-compassion. Now, self-compassion is going to be a skill that you grow over time. Now, because I had three kids, as I talk about in that other podcast, it went a little quicker. But, you know, it's, it's going to take a little time and just enjoy the ride. Number eight, oh, my gosh, have 
boundaries. Now, a lot of people don't even know what I mean when I say boundaries. That's a term in psychology. It's been around forever. That's basically you knowing your limits and establishing boundaries with people. And there's lots of kinds of boundaries. There's, you know, physical boundaries. There's emotional boundaries, spiritual. There's just a whole list of boundaries. But that is like getting clear about what you'll tolerate and what you won't tolerate. And then having other people be clear, like I'm a no gossip zone. So people had to get trained that I don't want to hear certain stuff. I don't want to hear gossip about other people. Like, I don't know why I'd want to hear that, but, you know, and there were some people who were harder to train than others, by the way, where I'd have to interrupt them and say, hmm, that sounds a little bit like gossip. And, you know, it's just have your boundaries and be clear, and that will free you up in so many ways. It's extremely powerful and, by the way, very healthy from a psychology standpoint. Number nine, deal with your issues. So if you have trust issues, deal with them. If you can't be vulnerable, deal with them. I'm like, whatever your issues are, just deal with them. Why not? Listen, a number of years ago, I was told by pretty much everybody that, ooh, I was going to be like damaged goods as a result of this trauma I had been through, actually, multiple traumas. And, and when I heard it from enough people, I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't want to be damaged for the rest of my life. Oh, this isn't, this isn't right. I'm, not, I'm just not going to have it. So I, I went into therapy to find out what my new issues were because I was unwilling to be damaged goods. <laughs> the therapist was laughing at the end of the first session, and she said, well, you better bring questions next week because I'm pretty sure you don't need therapy in any way. And I reminded her that I was there until, like, the PTSD testing and dissociative testing was all complete, and I'd, I'd had every checkup I could have. And she said, oh, yes, you're going to get all that stuff. I'm just telling you, if you don't bring questions next week, we probably won't have much to talk about. And, and so I did probably get kicked out once the PTSD testing and the dissociative testing came in, but it was great learning experience like it was phenomenal because I, I'm not a therapist so there were lots of things I didn't know that are good like all these great things that I did which is of course why she was saying I didn't need therapy even though according to her I was in the middle of three concurrent traumas so deal with your issues like one of my issues is I'm too trusting like I'm well aware that I have like, I'm too trusting. Like, I'm very well aware that's one of my issues. And I have to be careful. Like, I know that's an issue, and I have to be careful. I also know I overfunction, so I know that. So I take steps to not overfunction. Just learn what your issues are and deal with them. Because why not? You want to have a powerful life? This also falls under getting to know yourself or knowing yourself. But seriously, deal with your issues. Number 10, change how you view view failure. So I'm a fan of failing and failing big, and I have failed very, very big, like, like epic failures. I've had epic failures in my life. I mean epic, and I don't care. I don't care because you know what? I'm, I'm in the game of life. I tried. You know, I have was married twice, two failed marriages. I don't care. I did the best I could in both of them, and so be it. You know, there, it is what it is. And I could say a lot more, but no, I would never say a lot more about that. But change how you look at failure. Like, thank goodness Albert Einstein and Henry Ford didn't, like, 
quit when things didn't go well with the cars or or all the stuff that uh, Albert Einstein meant. Like, thank goodness they just weren't quitters. Like, you know, like what happens is people are afraid to take risk or they're afraid, you know, that they'll, they'll be embarrassed or, you know, they'll be ashamed. And, you know, like, I'm just not a fan of that because it's not powerful. Like, get out there and try. Get out there and give it your best. And, and just have failure be a sign that you're in the game. Have things not working out be a sign of like, hey, she's, you know, she's playing life. She's not sitting in the stands doing nothing. She's out there getting her feet wet, boots are dirty. You fall down, get up, dust yourself off, and get back in the game. Number 11, have empowering attitudes and beliefs and positive thinking. I already mentioned in the components to getting unstuck or moving, having more control in your life that negative thinking and disempowering attitudes and beliefs are apt to go. The self-fulfilling prophecy is the thing that you want to take advantage of because it's predictive of things working out in your life. And when I say, you know, empowering attitudes and beliefs, like one of mine is that my life just works out, like everything turns out. Of course, you might have to stay, stay till the final act to see it, but eventually it always works out. So you want to use positive thinking, empowering attitudes and beliefs, because it will give you the self-fulfilling prophecy, and that's positive, and that's powerful. Number 12, people who are living empowered, happy, healthy lives where they're contented and really happy, they typically have hobbies. So my recommendation is you have hobbies or things to occupy your time because boredom and loneliness or feeling isolated or just not knowing what to do, do with yourself is no good. It's no fun and it's not good for you. Hobbies, by the way, so I have a um, I have a blog post about hobbies and I have a YouTube video about hobbies. I don't think I've done a podcast on hobbies, so I'll have to look on my list. But hobby, I'm a hobby fan, like fan, 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 <laughs> to the degree that, so I started having quite a few hobbies as a kid and I've just added pile on hobbies as I, as I've gotten old in life, because of course now you know I'm old, but my kids had to have hobbies, not one hobby, but multiple hobbies when they were growing up. Now, you can imagine kids don't necessarily like that, but that's too bad. And they had phenomenal hobbies, but hobbies are really good for people. They're good for their psychological and emotional health. I mean, they're just really fabulous. And if you don't feel like having a hobby, then find something to volunteer for, some good use of your time, whatever that might be. There's so many people in need. If you don't want to get hobbies, if you don't want to hobby up, then find some way to contribute your time for something because that's another actually strategy or tactic that people who are really happy, healthy, and you know living an empowered life use is they usually volunteer. They usually have some kind of regular volunteering because they know it makes them feel good and they know it's good to contribute, blah, blah, blah. All right, next, number 13, is to have good friends and spend time with them. The research on this is actually very fascinating. I know some of you don't think research is fascinating, but if it's a topic that I'm interested in, I can find research fascinating. For having really good friends. Now, here's the issue. 
and I have a whole section of my YouTube channel about friends and making friends because it is hard. It's, it's, listen, if making friends and having really good friends was that easy, everybody would have, you know, too many friends. But that's not the situation. If people were really honest, they would admit, yeah, I probably need to make a few new friends. And there's lots of reasons for that. So I've got a bunch of videos on my YouTube channel. I've got a, a blog post about it. But the research is compelling about if you use your friends, it could be family too, to you know reduce your loneliness and reduce your feelings of isolation. That is incredibly good for your health. Like it is even more significant than taking care of an obesity issue. So having really good friends and having enough good friends is something that people, well, a people who have high emotional intelligence usually absolutely do that because they have the personality for it. but it's good for your health it will help you be well loved and you know just if you don't have enough good friends then put that on your list but it's it's like a way of life you know see, have friends let them love you you love them I mean friends are phenomenal number 14 ask for help if you need it now there are people listening to this podcast right now who have this attitude that only losers ask for help or if you ask for help, you're a loser or a low life or something else. That's fine. That's an attitude or a belief, and you're welcome to keep it. I mean, if it works for you, good for you. I'm telling you, though, that people who are happy, healthy, well-adjusted, and contented don't share that view. The view that they have is that it's okay to ask for help because it's part of being human. You don't have to be perfect don't have to strive for being perfect and so that means that people are going to occasionally need help so when you need help ask for it number 15 being open-minded and open to life so when I started this list of the key elements for people who are happy healthy contented and all that jazz you know I said to know yourself and appreciate yourself and that starts with part of it is self-awareness well, having an open mind is also part of, of emotional intelligence and a part of self-awareness. Because sometimes you have to be open to hearing things about yourself if you're going to become self-aware. But when I'm talking about an open mind and open to life, I also mean being a yes to life. Being open to when people say, hey, do you want to go do this? Or how about we blah, blah, blah. That instead of always saying no, you say yes. Like you should start to notice about yourself. Like when people ask you, are you a typically a no? Or are you typically a yes? I'm, I'm like almost always a yes. Now I do, do want you to not skip the part about doing your due diligence. I mean, you know, and I am including in this that you assess, assess if there's any risk. And if so... You know, can you manage the risk or is it too risky? Because I don't recommend, you know, being uh, imprudent. I, I always recommend prudence. So just start to notice when opportunities show up, do you usually say yes or you a no? But be open-minded and open to life. Number 16, gratitude as a natural expression of who you are. Now, I, now gratitude, according to the research, is just amazing. Like it, it has amazing, amazing, amazing benefits. 
And while we're in a pandemic and people have felt like they're stuck or they've lost control, and of course there's lots of things we don't have control of during a pandemic, it's harder for many people to feel grateful. And that's understandable. But gratitude is a muscle and a skill that you can hone and develop over time to the degree in which then it is a natural expression of who you are. And I highly recommend that because that is an attribute, a key attribute of people who are resilient, who are happy and healthy and contented, no matter what's happening. So I have a whole podcast about gratitude and that will help you. Number 17, assertiveness skills. I have a whole podcast about assertiveness skills and guess what? Sadly, this is deeply lacking in our society and in the world, and I believe it should be taught in elementary school. I really am I'm firmly committed that we should be doing that. And many people, when they hear assertiveness, they get the wrong idea, and they think, oh, yeah, that's aggressive or that's forceful, because it actually is in the dictionary. Uh, the, the, it's got the dictionary, at least more than one of them, has a completely wrong definition for assertiveness. It is not, assertiveness is never forceful and it's not aggressive. It actually incorporates other people's needs, wants, and wishes. But for people who are happy, healthy, and have powerful lives, they have learned how to be assertive because it's important and it's part of having a life that's powerful where you're happy because you're not getting stepped on and you're not stepping on other people. So assertiveness skills and my podcast on that will help you. Number 18, adopt growth and development as a way of life. Well, for me, as for other people who have high emotional intelligence, it is a way of life. Why? Because it makes life easier. Why? Because it's an access to love. It's an access to happiness. It's an access to being peaceful and contented. It's an access to all the good stuff. And it can be wildly fun. So why would you want to avoid something that gives you access to all the good stuff and can be wildly fun? Oh, because you're afraid you're going to find something horrible about yourself. Well, let me just tell you, the most horrible thing that I found out about myself, well, this is, uh, I don't know, 25 or 30 years ago, was that I have the capability of being arrogant, judgmental, righteous, opinionated, and a know-it-all. There you have it. That's probably the worst things you're going to find out about yourself, unless you're a really bad person, in which case, knock it off and get going, because that's that's never going to give you a good life. But most people have the propensity or the ability to be arrogant or judgmental, or righteous, or know-it-all, or, or you know any of those things. But the more you learn and grow, the less those things are going to are going to show up. I'm, I promise you that. But adopt growth and development as a way of life. Next. Take your good name and your reputation seriously. This is a, a habit or a practice or, or a key element of people who are really happy, healthy, empowered, and living great lives because they know that their good name and their reputation matters. So they don't want to mar their reputation by bad behavior, or they don't want to and they don't want to mar their good name or reputation by hanging around people who do bad things. Like, when I find out anybody I know is doing bad stuff, I'm pretty much like, knock it off, and if they're going to continue, I'm out. 
I'm not associating with anybody who does anything illegal or bad. Why would I do that? I mean, even in my professional capacity, which I won't mention which professional capacity, but I had to say to my boss one time, well, this is a little sketchy and a little not above board, and I don't deal that with that, so we either need to fix this or I'm out. And it got fixed. So take your name and your reputation like it matters, because it does matter. And the people who have the best lives know that it matters, and they do things to protect it. Number 20 Oh, this is my favorite. This is my favorite phrase. Well, it's one of my favorite phrases because, of course, you know I love so many things. But it's carpe diem. Seize the day. Be present. Live in the moment. Tomorrow is not a promise. I mean, tomorrow will come for many people, but not everyone. And yesterday is over. Like, you can ruminate about yesterday. You can be sad. You can do all kinds of things. But really, all you have is right here and right now. You can imagine the future. You can work hard to create your future, which I highly recommend. But you want to be seizing the day, seizing the moment. So be present. And lastly, this is a personal one for me, but I really had to include it because it's a, it's also a coping mechanism. But for me personally, this list includes having a faith, a uh, belief in God and having faith. Now that doesn't, it's not that way for everyone, but for me it's actually a very strong coping mechanism. So of course I am a fan of it. So here's some takeaways from this podcast. There should be no shame or embarrassment if you're stuck, or if you feel like you've lost control or, you know, your life isn't going in the direction that you would like it to go. And there just should be no shame and embarrassment because we're in a pandemic. And even without a pandemic, that happens. Takeaway number two is anyone can get unstuck if they are willing to take the actions to get control back into their life and to make their life move forward. Anyone. And the last takeaway is to get unstuck and have control of your life, you're going to have to take specific actions that will move your life forward. There's nothing magical about it. It's, It's a very straightforward, and you can do this. So as for my call to action, it's really just time to bring resolve and draw a line in the sand and just make this your defining moment. Like, hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have this amazing life because I say so, because I'm willing to do it and I'm willing to take it on. I might add, like, you could have you could have so much fun with that. But, you know, it's time. And number two, it's time for growth and development. So come on this journey because all my materials are free. I mean, you can read my book for free by reading my blog posts. And take a friend with you because life is always more fun when you're doing something with a companion or a friend. And my last call to action is share this podcast on social media because people need it. People need help. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. My stuff's free. So give your friends a service by sharing this. All right. Take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 27, Getting Control of Your Life, Getting Unstuck. 
hope you're going to get into action to start getting control of your life and getting unstuck. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get new episodes as they come out. Connect with me on my website to win cool prizes or just keep in touch and feel free to share this podcast because I would really like that. I love you. I, I really want you to have a great life. Please let me know how I can help you. Thank you for listening. Take care for now.